This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to the Boats and Boats podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. Panoptics. Live scope. Cheating. You think it's cheating, man? I don't know about it being cheating, but I can tell you one thing. When five boats show up, four boats weigh fish, four boats have pan optics. One boat doesn't? Yeah, feels like cheating. Yeah. Can I ask you, like, what is pan optics? Okay. So basically, everybody's. Or, or live, live imaging. Yeah, so live speak. imaging, 360 live, whatever, depending on your brand. It's all forward-facing sonar. So you're watching, basically, it's like a video game. You can watch your lure fall. You can watch something come out and eat it. Right. It's just like lifetime. And it's a it's a big transition from past oh, it's huge. sonar. Yeah, because last sonar, you would, I mean... We're talking, what, eight years ago? Well, like, so when I was in California, I could actively watch fish on, so like, we ran sonar and we turned the sensitivity way up because the lakes were really clear out there. And like, you could watch, not the sonar, the sonar would tell you what had been there, but like, you could watch your bait on the, you know, the little sidebar that like shows up and flickers as it's painting the picture. Yep. Yep. We would watch that. And that's how we would watch our lure and watch a fish eat our lure. Interesting. Like Actually, ice fishing. You've, you've seen the guys do ice fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same idea. Interesting. That's actually, I never even would have thought of that. Yeah. Super that's, interesting. That's how we catch them drop shot in like 80 foot of water. Definitely makes sense though. I mean, it it worked. It was a lot more difficult than pan optics. Well, yeah, because pan optics, you can have like a. I could have seen the picture of the fish out there as clear as the water is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, here's why I think it's cheating. Okay, right. It. 
I feel like it levels a playing field that should never be leveled. So look at, okay, break down your pro bass fisherman, right? Because it's like the biggest thing it's in right now that it's. Okay. Are, like, we t- are we talking about, you want me to break all the bass fishermen down into categories? Right. Okay. So we have the junk fishermen. Yeah. So we have the brown thrifts of the world, right? right? The junk fishermen. Yeah. I would say we have the Kevin Van Dams of the world, the moving bait guys. Yep. I would say you got the finesse guys, the offshore power guys. So there's four categories. I would say that's it. So you have like, okay, the way I was thinking to break it down is like, you've got your like, Deep offshore, like not whatsoever, sight fishing stuff, cranking jerk bait, right? Whatever. And then you have your guys that are like flipping down through the bank, isolated targets, like picking off. You can almost guarantee they're picking something up. So, like, you're saying, like, with John Cruz, the world, yeah, him or like a uh, Fletcher Shryock. Like, you think Fletcher falls in that category? Oh, 100%. I've seen him go offshore barely. He doesn't unless he has to. But so like I was watching one episode, right? And Jordan Lee compared it to Kevin Van Dam and a jerk bait. Oh, it used to be deadly. It's never been better before forward facing sonar. Mm-hmm. Because now the things that he perfected yeah. by feel, everybody's watching. Yeah. So slow it down, up twitch. Like you're watching the fish react. So it's taking like, okay, so it's taking Kevin's jerkbait powers away, right? Well, now if you can roll up to a dock and see whether there's a worthy fish to skip up under there and try to get, or if there's like, I could see it being a time saver. It's definitely a time saver. But the guys that like don't necessarily skip under a dock where they're supposed to. Right, it's not just getting it, getting it under the dock. No, no, it's definitely getting it to where nobody else is getting it. Yeah, and it's usually like in the back corner, like on cover. So, but if you have forward facing sunlight, you can skip right up in the middle, just like a lucky shot up in there, and can bounce it like one or two extra times. Yeah, and seeing him, that fish react, watch him go down and eat it. Versus how like we hit a bad shot on a dock like that, and that's the last good chance. You're not shooting back up in there. No, for sure. But if you knew there was something there, give it one or two more bounces. So that takes like the guys that are good at that, it's taking their power away too. So it's putting basically it's taking whoever how's it taking their power away though? Like if they have what they know. It's giving everybody the same skill. I don't think it is. I think it is. I feel Dude, like I don't is. know. Because here's my thing, right? Like so your Brian Thrifts, your Andy Montgomery's, your Jared Swindles, your your dock skippers of the world, or your flippers yep. and pitchers, and they're good at that because they've been doing it so long and they have they have knowledge. So if a new technology comes along that makes that easier, they're still going to end up, in my opinion, at the cream of the crop for those events, the events that get one flipping, pitching, dock skipping junk fishing i think temporarily it may make the the playing field level 
But when those guys adopt that and like learn from it, I think they're still going to be on top of the heap. Yeah, I just feel like it makes everything too even. Like you should have your the category you fall in that you're good at. And you've got guys who fall in minus electronics fall into a couple of those that are like really good all around fishing. Like not to take anything away because then Kevin Van Dam's like one of the most well known. Like he's almost your go to other than like Bill Dance. Who do you think the best fisherman in the world is? This is totally off topic, but nobody knows him. What do you mean? Nobody knows him. Best fisherman in the world is keeping to himself, just chilling. I'm saying like best tournament fisherman though. Like that's currently doing it. I'm gonna go with Thrift, Brown Thrift, local boy. I'm with you, dude. That man's tough. He's just like he shows up to tournaments that are like offshore cranking. Doesn't matter. Not his thing. Jackson. Yeah. At least he he's not winning every event. He's not a wheeler. He's not a Jacob Wheeler. I think Jacob Wheeler's on a hot streak that's gonna eventually end. And it's ending. Like I just look at last, last season, ending. He had a hot streak. He did for a while. And I think I feel like a lot of that was he was one of the quickest ones to figure out live scope. Probably. But I will also, I don't want to take anything away from him. He does have very like he's very knowledgeable about like no he's a good fisherman and he knows like what the bait's doing what the bass is doing like he's very I just hate I just hate his whole he's so annoying to me yeah he's annoying to watch he's the Mike Iaconelli that wins way more often yeah if Mike <laughs> if Mike Iaconelli won more I would hate him more I feel like absolutely and he's so he's such a nice guy like I'm not taking anything away from him I just can't stand to watch him I can't it's bad it's so bad no like yeah so Panoptics is live forward facing or down facing sonar it's the ability to have real time access to what's actually happening at your bait yeah which means you can watch a fish's mood. Like you can try different bait colors and watch how they react to it. And if the, you know, like it's no longer a guessing game, like it still is to a degree, but like it is, but also I think that is an advantage of an experienced fisher anyway. Right. Because he's already, he's, those are decisions he's already making early in the morning. At least now it's verified. But like your average guy skips under a dock that like doesn't know anything about like color choice with visibility, phases, whatever. He just goes out and is like trying to catch fish. Mm-hmm. He's not going to know to like watch. Even if he's watching the fish, he's not going to know like what mood or how to tell, like what to change. Okay. So you're still saying in that event, it gives an unfair advantage. Not really, but it does help. I was more leaning towards your fact. It does help with when you know when you know what how to use it. Yeah, I mean that's everything. That like you could have the best technology in the world and still not catch a fish. Oh yeah, still gotta put it in the right place and mark it the right way. Yeah, I mean it's like you could have the best technology and not even know how to use it. And the reality of things. But it's like 
I mean, it changes the game, right? It definitely changes the game. It makes the game more boring to watch. Though. It has taken the fun out of watching a fishing tournament. Yeah. And like the thing that I keep going back to you is like when I started tournament fishing, which wasn't terribly long ago, but like also wasn't yesterday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most guys didn't have sonar. If they did, it was like a piece of junk unit. Some guys still had the, the one that rolled paper. And was drawing the line with a little needle. Have yep. you ever seen those? Yep. And like, I have watched it go from that to live scope. And the whole time, every time there's a transition, like when side imaging came out, everybody was saying the same thing. It's not fair. It's not right. It's changing fishing. It's not like, it's not sportsmanlike. It's this, it's that. And now everybody's like, if you don't have side, I have side imaging on my 16 foot John boat. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Yeah. <laughs> like the Navy probably didn't have that good of sonar like 55 years ago. And I've got it on a John boat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely developing quick. So like, I don't know that you can say that like it changes the game. The game has been evolving so quickly that I feel like it was just the next logical step. It definitely makes sense. It definitely helps, makes you catch more fish. It's why, also why, why don't you just buy one and then you <laughs> and then you can be you can because be a haysayer and not a naysayer. I know. I feel like I'm gonna end up a haysayer because this is always what happens, right? I have an issue with it and then I'm like, try it one time, and then I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. Can I tell you what I would love to do with live scope? Catch more fish. Striper. That would be a lot easier. Dude, you would melee striper with side or with live imaging or scope or whatever. Yeah, I think striper would be so much fun. So, what are like, I guess, like, what are your thoughts? Like, does it make you mad when you get beat by somebody that was using live scope all day? Or like, do you feel like you just got cheated? Uh, I'm not necessarily mad. I do feel a little cheated, right? Like, it's for, so I never want to blame cheated, it. How are you I don't be, I don't know because somebody's got more money than me. I don't, <laughs> but like it doesn't make sense. But like also, so I got beat doing exactly what I was doing. Right, they they were just doing it better. They were just doing it better because they could watch it play out. Okay. So, being the only one that didn't have it is frustrating. Now, had I had it. Would I still got beat? Probably. Possibly. But I wouldn't have zeroed. So you just, you don't mind being a loser. You just don't want to be the last loser. (laughs) No, it sucks being a loser. But like, (laughs) but like, if you're going to lose, you'd at least like to feel like you had a chance. Well, 
Like, yeah. I mean, you just look at some guys and you're just like, they would have never caught fish without that. I don't know that that's true there. So, like, kind of the way I'm I'm viewing it, right? It's the next evolution in fishing technology. Nobody's going to argue that. Garmin was the first to market. It changed the way Garmin's company is organized. It was such a big hit for Garmin that now they're a dominant fishing brand. Yeah. Whereas before, before Pan Optics, they had... Garmin was trash. They had very little stake. It was all Hummingbird and Lorance. Yeah. And Hummingbird's been on, they've been on the upper edge of it for the last like probably six years because of Mega and because of, you know, their uh, 360. Yeah. And they were the last of the fight in the live. Yeah, I know. I do think that. I would be a few years from now, I'll have a live on one of my boat, like a boat that I own. I feel like it's going to be less than a year from now and I'm going to have live on mine. Yeah. Which is what's frustrating. <laughs> so you're just mad you don't have it now. No. Oh, come on. I'm just mad because I'm going to turn around and buy it. And I initially, like, my, when I first started seeing it, I was like, okay, don't like this. Like, why didn't you like it though? I thought it was cool as can be. I thought it was awesome. It would be awesome fun fishing. Competing, though, I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't think it matters. Everybody's got, as long as everybody's got the same set of tools to work from. Everybody has the same possibilities. So why does it matter? It doesn't change that. It doesn't. You're right. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm frustrated with myself for being frustrated with it in the first place. Because 100%. <laughs> did that not make sense? Yeah, it made total sense, but it just makes me laugh. It's a, it's a mouthful. But Exactly. <laughs> I'm mad at myself for being mad at myself. <laughs> but... It's one of those, like, you see it happen and you're like, no, you're completely against it. Even though you know you want to be on board. And then you get on board and you're like, this is fun. This is awesome. I do think it makes... So, let's talk about accessibility, right? So, like, everyone claims that fishing, like... Like you and I both know, it's very accessible. Like it's a very cheap and like low barrier to entry. Right. Like it's a very accessible thing, at least for where we're at. Right. Right. Like you could go buy a kit pole with that comes with some hooks and you could be out fishing at the local, you know, whatever access. Yeah. And maybe catch some fish doing that. Right. But like when you talk about tournament fishing, it does raise the bar. For like barrier to entry for success, I feel like. Okay, so yes, I know that's exactly. I know that's but but that's exactly like I couldn't, I couldn't get it out. But that's exactly what I meant. Like we're fishing a forty dollar tournament on a Saturday as a bunch of buddies. Right, we're here more just to have a day fishing. 
and to talk crap with our friends. Right. Why do we have a $4,000 transducer and depth finder combo on our boat? Right. Right. Like that seems a little silly. It takes the fun out of it. I don't know that it takes the fun out of it. The fun's still there for the guys that have it. That have it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But like usually before all that, you'd go out, have a tough day. We all come back to the ramp. Everybody weighs like, you know, four pounds. And we all sit around and talk about how tough it is. Now it's everybody like, oh, yeah, I watched 17 four-pounders like nose down and just wouldn't eat it. But then like two got away, whatever. Yeah. And they no. come in with like 13 pounds. Yeah. And no, you just sit around and talk about how tough a day it was. And it wasn't tough because you watched all of these fish that you could have possibly caught. It was tough because you didn't even think you were around fish because you didn't know any better. Right. I think it also gives you a respect for how many fish are in the water. Like, oh, 100%. I talk about this all, like, I don't talk about it. I think about this all the time. It's like, you know, we're out here chasing a cart. It's like on the most local like place that we like to chase cart, we might get four shots at a cart per day. Yep. That's a good day. That's a really good day. Yep. To see four feeding, doing it up on flats, catchable, like happy cart. And there's probably 400,000. Probably 4 million, dude. Like, yeah. It makes you feel like a crappy fisherman. <laughs> yeah. Like when you start to like, like I bet there, I bet in Lake Wiley, I bet there's a hundred bass over nine pounds. Yeah. You know how big that lake is? Yeah. When's the last time you saw a nine pounder caught out of Wiley? I can tell you the last time I saw a six pounder caught out of Wiley. Yeah. I'm almost out of fingers on one hand. Yeah. No, but it's like they're in there. Yeah. There was a there was a winner. This one dude caught two over ten. I think he caught it off the Buster Boy Bridge, too, if I'm not mistaken. He caught it off a bridge. Both of them. Two different fish, both certified weight. Technically, like I'm sure, probably Lake Records. Yeah, it's crazy. Now think about if he would have dialed that in with Panoptics, he could have had like fifty pound bags on on Wiley. Yeah, but also, would you key on? Would you key on some of the things you key on with it? What do you mean? Like, I feel like there's certain nuances you pick up on by not having it. So you think you're more observant to what's being successful, not having it, like saying that. I wouldn't say that. Because to me, it sounds like you're saying that you're probably going to be more willing not to change what you're doing. If you can see fish and see them interacting with your bait. Yes, that is also true. Yeah. Because you might watch a hundred fish interact, not get anything to bite, but you're watching all the interactions. You're like, Oh, one of them's going to eat. They're just not eating. Whereas 
if you went to without that, uh-huh. if you went to three docks and your mind should have been like you should have caught a fish off of. Right. And it doesn't. You're changing. Oh, I'm going somewhere else. Doing something different. Right. Whereas if you would have been able to see there was four bass over three and a half pounds under that dock. I would have fished that dock all day until I caught those. On the same thing. I don't know if I, I would have tried a bunch of different stuff until I got one of them to eat. And then you'd went to the next one and it wouldn't have been the same thing. See, that's where I would be. I would grab that depth finder and throw it in the water. Yeah. Because I would be aggravated. Yeah. Because most of the time that you get on a pattern, like if it works one time, okay, not a pattern. It works twice. All right, we're getting somewhere. It works three times. It's a pattern. Yeah, it works three times. You're That's what you're running all day. Yeah. But like, I'm a big junk fisherman when I bass fish. Like, you know that about me. And I think I want to do a podcast about like why our area has fostered so many amazing, successful bass anglers. Because we're all drunk fishermen. I think the junk (laughs) fishing is what makes someone be the next level of like the guys that really learn how to key in on a pattern are great. The guys that can go catch the time, you know what I mean. Like when they can find a pattern and they key in on fish that are doing it, sixty percent of the time they're successful. And by successful, I mean they're cutting a check. The guy that can run around and just catch five by the grit of his teeth, like just grinning, bearing it. I think that is what makes good tournament anglers. And I think panoptics is kind of stealing from that. That, okay. So, see, you've hit two of the nails that I've been trying to get across, but can't. So, that's taking away, like, when I was talking about taking away the power earlier, that's take like, Brian Thrift, Thrift, right? He is smashing. America's favorite unsung fishing hero. He is smashing the circuit. He's so good. He's so good. Like, he is bad to the bone. And you know what? You look at tough days where nobody's catching him. He's got a couple. And then Wheeler, somebody else with forward facing, comes back, finds a pile, and just smacks it to him. And it's like, would you ever have found that if you actually had to rely on your decision-making without being able to see? Yeah, I mean, not taking anything away from them. I think you could argue. So let me let me ask you this: Would you be more willing to fish tournaments if they were no electronic tournaments? Like you use your electronics in practice and do whatever you wanted, but day of tournament, it's no good to you. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm saying like no maps, no nothing, no nothing. Hundred percent. I think you would definitely have to be a sportsman. And I think that's what the sport's getting away from. It's like the the sportsmanship of it, like the guys that used to win, they were woodsmen. They like knew, they knew what, 
you, any tree in the wood was right? right. Like they knew when this bloomed, they knew when the turkeys did this, they knew when you know, they just knew the world. Right. And that's what made them good fishermen because yep. they just were outside all the time and they were in tune. Right. Now I feel like you don't have to be in tune. Yeah. You just have to show up and be able to play the game. And I don't know that that, that takes, in my opinion, that takes some of the, that takes some of the like nuance of someone being a good fisherman out of it. It takes the romance out of fishing. <laughs> takes the romance out of fishing. That's the topic. That's the name of this podcast. Panoptics takes the romance out of fishing. Cause it does I, though. I feel like it does. I think you're right. I think it takes the, I think it takes the artisan of it. Yeah. Kind of a way. Like, <laughs> Like, you know, you're not okay. So when you're out on a good day, you're reading what you're seeing on the lake. You're in tune with the lake. You're catching fish. Right. You're in touch with nature. Yeah. You feel like you're part of your part. You're interacting with the food chain. If I just went out and turned on a fucking 12 inch graph. Damn it. If I went out and just turned on a 12-inch graph right. and watched the screen all day and never saw the fox running down the bank, the seven deer in the parking lot at the boat ramp that's not opened yet, we saw. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, that is the majority of the art of fishing. It's not just like knowing what you're doing and how to the, get in feel with the fish. You're in feel with everything. I know this is like, this is very fly fisherman of me to say, but the more that I fly fish, the more I realize that those old dudes got it right. Well, yeah. Cause it's like, there's no BS. It's like, no, you have to do it. You just got to go out there and do it. Yeah. And you're not doing it for anybody but yourself. Yeah. Nobody cares that you're fly fishing. Yeah. They don't, they're never going to like, that's just the way it is. The the only person that cares that you're fly fishing is you. So like, I think that like when you do that and like like you say you tie a fly. So like you have this idea, you're out on the stream, you see this bug, but it's not quite like the flies you can buy at the fly shop. So you go and tie your own bug or whatever. Yes. And then you go out there and you catch a f- bunch of fish on it, right? Like you just have a stellar day because you got the bug they're eating. Yep. Like that is a no BS situation. That is also more rewarding in my mind. If I went and did that. Why are you still tournament fishing then? Like, no, no, no. Well, I'm just making yeah. you know why electronics is ruining it. Okay. Because if I could go have that kind of day fishing, Mm-hmm. Where I was just in tune, made the right decision, and I was wearing them out, and I knew I was doing it right. Right. Versus even the day that you're doing them right, you still know that there was 15 pounds you left out there because they didn't bite. Right. But then you can just go out and play the video game. It's not as rewarding. You can go make a 20 pound bag watching a screen or making the right decision. Which one makes you feel more rewarded? I don't know. I'm kind of here for it to a degree. 
but I'm also kind of against it in like competitive aspects. Yeah. So like, I'm going to say fun fishing. I'm totally here for it. hundred percent. You want to go smack some striper with live scope? Love it. Get after it. Tournament fishing. I don't love what it's doing to tournament fishing. Will it probably work itself out? I'm sure. Cause once everybody gets live scope, those fish are going to get hammered offshore. Just like back when they did the a rig and the, like the dredging crankbaits. Yeah. Like that bite doesn't exist. Like it did then. Right. It was like, as soon as everybody figured that bite out, those fish got hammered and they stopped doing that because they were getting smashed in the face with crankbaits every day. So like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love what it's doing to competitive fishing. I don't like watching competitive fishing anymore like I used to. Yeah. Not because my priorities have changed, just like it's not the same it's not the same TV show. No, it's not. It's not at all. But like it's like CSI New York instead of like CSI OG, you know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I mean that pretty much wraps it up for me. I mean, I just I I don't like what it's doing to tournament fishing. I like what it's doing for fishing. I do like what it's doing for fishing. I don't like how it's impacting. If you want pan optics on your boat, go for it. Yeah. yeah. No, (laughs) it's going to end up happening. Yeah. It's just frustrating to me. (laughs) Well, this has been the boats and does pan optics. Uh, what do we say the ruins the romance? Yeah. Panoptics ruins the romance of fishing. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>